It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For the final part of this week's offseason conversation series with Joe Goodberry, we're going to talk about how the young guys played, if they're risers and fallers on the Bengals roster, and where the cornerstones are for the next phase. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, along with your host, Joe James Rapine. Wow. Joined today. Wow. I'm going too fast. Joined today by Joe Goodberry, former host of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. For anyone who's really new and doesn't know, you can find the show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. By the way, today's episode sponsored by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You can get a $100 first deposit, deposit match at prizepicks.com slash NFL with promo code LOCKEDONNFL. And today, guys, we get into some evaluation talk. Looking at this roster, trying to figure out, are there guys that we can expect? to take a big step next year. Who are the guys they need to move on from? Who are the guys that they should be challenging? And how about these rookies? They've spent the last two years drafting for the future. Have they found anything in those guys? And and some big pieces in the secondary and on the defensive side to talk about there. Should we start with those first-year starters, guys? Sure. We can. Yeah, we could start there. I I mean – Let's start on a positive note. Who, who rose? First year starters, guys that that stood out to you, Joe. Hmm. So we're talking Dax Hill. Are we including Jordan Battle? Yes. Yep. Okay. Rookies count. I would yeah. almost count Cam Taylor Britt, but he did I, start for like half the season. He That's can count. It was... doesn't have to just be rookies. It doesn't just have okay. to be rookies. So let so past couple of classes, especially. Yeah, I would say Cam Taylor Britt would be the biggest positive and it's the way he got his hands on the ball that was not something i saw at nebraska a a whole bunch i even had concerns about his his ball skills and most of them were him facing the ball and attacking the ball forward so that makes sense in a lot of ways Uh, i'd still like have concerns on on deep balls when he's running with a receiver but that hasn't happened too much at all it's not like you know dj turner has definitely been chasing some deep balls uh in his first year starting I would say Cam Taylor Britt has been the biggest positive, biggest jump, biggest, you know, hey, maybe we have something here. And I know a lot of fans were like, he should be going to the Pro Bowl or he was snubbed. I didn't think he was Pro Bowl level. So to be clear on where I, my excitement and how I thought he played, I thought he was very passive against the run. I thought for a big physical dude, 
he needs to be better against the run and be more physical at setting that edge and coming down and playing uh, with that physical edge. And he just, he wasn't. So there is some room for improvement there. And I would like to see him healthy for a full season because remember we're going in year three. Now it happens fast. Year three is extension time after that concludes. Like we need to see him healthy for a full season and see, is there still another step to his game? Cause if there is, and we're talking about a good starter. Let's talk about some other pieces in that secondary. Another corner, a couple Michigan guys. Jordan Battle will get to. I think Jordan Battle would. I'm surprised you didn't mention him as, as one of the positives. I know he's a, a first. Oh, he's, he's, he's a, a positive. I, I thought who's miser. the most positive? Yeah. You think Cam Taylor Britt's a, a bigger positive than Jordan Battle? Interesting. Yeah. And I do too. Really? I, I, I didn't think that it was a huge leap. I, I thought that it was a. a an improvement, but Cam Taylor Britt showed plenty of promise to me in 2022 and Jordan battle was better than I thought he would be as a rookie. I think it's interesting. I, because I, I think battle was, was underwhelming initially. And that's why Nick Scott continued to get reps ended the season really strong. And everyone looks at PFF and is just, I think Cam Taylor Britt is obvious, like a, a building block in the secondary. And I, I hope Battle is. Heck, I still hope Dax Hill is, even though everyone's sold their stock on him. Maybe not you guys, but a lot of people have. I, I think, uh, but that's interesting. Battle is a positive, no doubt about it. Yeah. So let's just go to let's go to Battle. What what's good out? I um, think. Sorry, just to interject. I think the difference is is that it's it's relative to expectations for me. And Jordan Battle to me showed that he's clearly a starting safety in the NFL. Cam Taylor Britt clearly a starting corner in the NFL, but that's where my expectations were after his rookie year. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I see what I see what you're saying. Sure. Now to extend that then with Battle, what we saw as a as a rookie, I think it was exactly what we would have expected uh reading the scouting reports coming out of Alabama when they made that selection, right? Like this guy's gonna be smart, he's not gonna make a lot of mistakes, he's gonna help communication, yada yada yada. He's got a lot of experience. And then if you include his college experience, he's got way more experience than Dax Hill at safety and actually playing safety. So like it should be expected that he looked better right away. But if you would have asked me going into the final two weeks of the year, which guy has been more impressive this year between Battle and Dax Hill, I still would have said Dax Hill. I think Dax did a lot of good things that went under the radar because of the missed opportunities he had and some of the big negatives he had as well. But I think if he comes down with a few of those interceptions, if he tracks a couple of those balls correctly, it's a much different feel for Dax Hill. I still think Dax is the best prospect of the four young guys in their secondary. I think his upside is still the highest out of all four guys. If one guy makes a Pro Bowl out of any of these four guys first, it's going to be Dax Hill. And I think all it is is a difference of 10 plays maybe, angles, catching the ball, tracking it correctly, maybe a little more seasoning and communication back there, and he would be closer to being a Pro Bowl player than any of these guys. Why? Like what What stands out the most about him for you to say that? Because that's that surprises even me because I, I think a lot of people would say Cam Taylor Britt, and it's not close. Right. It's because of his athleticism and versatility. I think the way that Lou Anarumo deploys him, number one, just even walking him down and saying, all right, you're going to cover a tight end man coverage on third down. There's five safeties you can do that with and feel comfortable that he's athletic and long enough to do it like Dax can do that. So now I've got an now I've got something that other teams don't have uh, at their disposal. And then number two is I would like to blitz 
Mike Hilton. And I like to have Mike Hilton uh, run blitz and, and fire off the edge and do things. Well, I need someone to replace him in the slot on a rotation, and they use Dax Hill for that. So now I make Mike Hilton better because Dax can do these things and go over and cover. Yes, as a deep free safety, we had a lot of issues. But we had a lot of issues with Nick Scott back there, too, and Jordan Battle. Some of the biggest negatives on Jordan Battle's plays this year, while his best play was the deep interception against Cleveland, there was also ones where he's the deep free safety. And I'm like, I'm not sure he has NFL starter speed. And I'm not sure he's getting over there with with enough speed to be able to do this. Uh, So it was good that he had that last game because it was tremendous. That last game to me was like, whoa, Battle, not only is he a solid player, he might be a good player, which is a leap. There's a different distinction there because you're making impact plays but with Dax watching him run the alley and come down full speed and take a guy's hip out and that running back goes spinning off four yards uh, you know after contact battle doesn't do that battle is doesn't have that athleticism he doesn't have that trigger that he can pull and just fly down there and and close a gap in in a blink so I still versatility and then aggressiveness and speed lean way towards Dax Hill they need to be versatile in the secondary. It's something that they leaned into a little bit this year. You saw a little bit more safety snaps for Mike Hilton, a little bit more of moving those guys around. The problem is, is that they need a guy who can play deep consistently, yep. or they need Battle and Dax to both be better when they're playing deep because right now they don't really have that post safety that Jesse Bates was, and somebody needs to be more consistent in that role, or both guys need to be more consistent in that role. They have a couple of guys that can both be versatile in different ways. They have different athleticism profiles, and that's a big difference for Dax, but they do need to get both guys to take a step. I just was very encouraged, by the way, Jordan Battle finished the season and showing that versatility, showing that he can be that responsibility player that can do a number of different things, but communication needs to be better. The biggest thing for me with Dax, and and maybe this isn't all on him, maybe the entire secondary, is they need to get those mental mistakes eliminated where you have guys rotating to the wrong side of the field and you're just busting coverages. That'll happen from time to time, even for good teams, but when Jesse Bates was back there and Von Bell was back there for the Bengals, it was increasingly rare. Yeah, with these guys shocker. this year, it was it was a big juxtaposition. Some other young guys to talk about on this team: Miles Murphy, DJ Turner, Andre Yosevas, Charlie Jones. We'll get to those guys and more coming up next. The next segment of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, whether it's big or small, doesn't matter. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out and have an unbiased, objective perspective on your life. So today, I'm going to tell you about how I really feel about something. Might even be thinking about the same thing this week as the Bengals are forced to watch the playoffs from home and we're forced to watch these other AFC North teams compete. Not a whole lot of fun. Maybe what's going on with you is a little bit more personal. Well, therapy is there for you, and it's different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than the Cincinnati Bengals not being in the playoffs, and it's important to be able to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's flexible, suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Jake mentioned a bunch of names in the tease, and I'm going to ask you about a different one. Cordell Volson. Where would mm. you put him? Positive, negative, somewhere in between? Positive season, but I would not, overall would not say it was a large step up. It may be a step up, but it wasn't, it, it's not putting him into a new category. He's not going from, hey, maybe this guy can be a long-term starter to, yes, he's a long-term starter. He may end up being that, but it's not, you know, I think for a team that wants to throw the ball, for a team that, you know, wants to have these guys in pass protection 70% of the time, it feels like, that's probably not suited to his strengths. I thought he got much better as the season wore on. It's the same as his rookie profile. If you look at the the way, like if you look at PFF grades, he started off rocky both years and figured it out and settled in. But when you watch the tape, you still see defenses saying, I want to isolate this guy and we want to put Chris Jones over top of him and you know spread everyone else out and let me give me one-on-one with this guy and let me walk him backwards or just beat him with a swim move. And I don't like that. Like, no, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. I doubt that makes Joe Burrow feel very comfortable that your left guard, it, you know, it can be beaten one-on-one like that, and teams are trying to do that. So I would say, as of now, I expect him to be the starter. But if you end up in a situation, let's say Michael and one you, you sign in free agency, and you're like, All right, we're going to play him at right tackle. And then the draft comes in 18, you're like, whoa, there's a guy here that we really loved and thought he'd go top 12 at right tackle. We're going to take him. And now he's going to be plugged into right tackle or not, you play him at left guard, this rookie, or and when you goes to left guard and competes with Bolson, you have options at that point. I don't. I think that would be the one spot where competition could unseat the starter. For me with Bolson, which we've talked about this week, earlier this week, it was a more or less meets expectations that weren't very high. He did not yeah. take the leap we were hoping to see from him. He was getting gassed up in training camp by his teammates, you, you might remember. Um, and, and he did finish the season well, and he had some nice games against some good players, but then you go watch him against the, the higher-end talent, and it's pretty, pretty concerning, to, yeah. to put it mildly, I would say there. I wouldn't be shocked either just because of the way the Bengals work if, if it's Cordell Wilson again at left guard. It's just a player that, as I've said this week, I would be looking to challenge. I would be looking to not be complacent. It feels like every year there's one spot or two spots where the Bengals are just a little bit too happy with the guys they have. This is a trend over the last three years. It's been offensive line. It's been tight end. It's been running back. It's been safety. It's What's that? Zach Carter. It's been defensive tackle where – they yeah they, they they I think are a little bit sometimes too high on some of their internal guys, but a couple of of others to talk about. DJ Turner, let's go there next. He played a ton. He was probably the most used rookie for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2023. Showed a lot of promise early in the season. We were bullish on him in camp. We were bullish on him early in the season. The flashes were there. Hit a rookie wall is what it felt like. Are you still hopeful for his future, Joe? I am. I think the high-end flashes were in every phase of his game. He had he even had highlights as a hitter, a tackler, a run defender, and that was like supposed to be his weakness. He even had, the, to the last game, I was saying he's not physically affecting receivers enough. Even at the catch point, at the top of routes, these guys are bumping into each other, and it seemed like the receiver was winning all of those situations. And then you get to the last week, 
And I'm like, okay, Tillman's a big physical receiver for the Browns, and you are running through him and playing over his back and knocking the pass, or at least affecting uh, Tillman's arm. That's a positive for you. So the bigger issues or concerns are some of the areas he should have been really strong at, man coverage, right? Like he probably shouldn't have gotten beaten in some of the ways he did, just getting undressed one-on-one. And man, it's like, yeah, you're supposed to be a little bit more advanced. That's what you're supposed to be. Uh, But I compared him to when he was at his peak and halfway point of the year, right after the Bills game, I was thinking like, yeah, yeah, DJ Turner is starting to look really good. Um, I compared him to like a butter uh, hummingbird floating around receivers and coverage, just not really affecting them physically, but just a pain in the neck because he's just like all around you and you, you couldn't really shake him. Uh, but that really changed in the second half. And there were flashes and highlights. I still think we're walking into 2024 with the expectation of him being the starter and taking a step and being more consistent. Maybe it's all of it together. The safeties get more seasoning. Everyone gets more comfortable with each other and everyone gets better together. How is the expectation different for DJ Turner? And I agree with you because I, I do expect him to be better next year. And I think it was a rookie. Well, how did, how is that? Because I think we're probably thinking similarly about this. Why is that feeling different there than it was for like Cordell Volson going into year two or Zach Carter going into year two? So for me, looking at data and I did deep dives at defensive tackle and offensive line to see if you got a guy that grades in the forties or, you know, low fifties and he had a ton of snaps how often do they jump to the next tier, the next bracket of player? And it was extremely rare at guard and at defensive tackle. So seeing them their rookie years, and I did this with Jackson Carmen as well, and I was like, yeah, it's it's very rare that a guy becomes a completely different player. But at corner and at safety, using PFF grades, it is highly variable, and it is a lot dependent on your plays on the ball. And for DJ Turner – he struggled to force incompletions. He struggled to get his hands in there and knock passes away at the catch point. He didn't have an interception this year. Dax Hill missed a lot of big plays that should have been interceptions. And I looked at other guys that were similar, and it was all dependent on ball production. And then the next year, those guys would have four interceptions, and their grade looks completely better. So you could see the variable and the variation in grading and how you feel about these guys is largely dependent on how they play the ball. And that's why I've always been a big proponent of draft secondary guys with good ball skills because I think that is how you impact games the most. And we saw, you know, when Cam Taylor Britt was on that run, there was times where I'm like, man, this guy may be the MVP on on the team. And in terms of the defensive side, four straight games with interception, I think it was, or four out of five. And, uh, you know, it was like, man, uh, that's a big difference in how I view his play. We still have plenty of guys to hit on. Miles Murphy, wide receivers, maybe a little – Chase Brown as well, and mix in running back because we know how much Jake Lisko likes running backs. Uh, we will do that coming up next. This episode of Locked On Bengals is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What is the one move I can make to take my business to the next level in 2024? And you know the Bengals are asking the same question. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team you surround yourself with. And that's why they have tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's not just another job board. We've talked to you about this before. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion with AB professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It's easy when you have access to that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of posting their job. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is rated number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors by small businesses. And it's intuitive, quick, and easy if you don't have a whole lot of time to dedicate to the process. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event, whether it's sports, music, comedy. Well, Game Time has you covered. And so, yes, the Bengals, they're not in the playoffs this year. That's okay because you're still going to major events. And whether it's a concert this offseason, whether it's uh, the NBA uh, in NBA regular season, maybe it's the NBA All-Star game, which is close to Cincinnati this year. It's in Indianapolis. You can get last-minute tickets. You can get flash deals, zone deals right now with game time. You can see the view from your seat so you know exactly when to ex- what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front so there's no hidden fees or surprises when you go to check out. All you have to do is download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off. Down, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's stay with the high draft picks before we get to some of the other rookies that played more increasing roles, let's say, down the stretch. Miles Murphy, let's start there. I was encouraged at times this season that Miles Murphy could find the Rashawn Gary path, but then the production net didn't quite click down the stretch. He didn't have the late season surge that we saw from some of the guys that are a little bit more projecty. What's your second year prognosis or outlook for Miles Murphy, Joe? That is usually when the first jump happens. We saw these guys, and I profiled them before the draft or in before the season started when the Bengals actually had one of them, a Miles Murphy type, a guy that had middling production but had the athleticism trait to look for and the body style you're looking for. I knew it would be a rough rookie season, and the Bengals looked like they were making deposits in order to cash out at the end of the year or even in 2024, and that's why he was playing above Cam Sample or and specifically playing above Joseph Osai and getting these reps. Uh, so it was good to see that they recognized the, what the investment and the return on that investment could be, and they were going to do the necessary to get them the snaps. And we did see, you're right, how you alluded to it in your opening, we did see a, a slow trending upwards for Miles Murphy more moves, stringing his moves together, being mm-hmm. a little bit more fluid, everything just looking like an NFL starting caliber defensive end. And then at the end there, he was getting the snaps, and it was just like, yeah, he still was struggling to disengage, still struggling to get his moves in sync and get a counter move. And for me, the biggest thing is I wanted to see him more at left end. He had some flash plays. We really need him to take that step and be the opposite pass rusher from Trey Hendrickson, eating into the snaps of Sam Hubbard, uh, so the jury's still out if he can be that or do that, but I am expecting it, and I think the Bengals are as well. Let's dive into the rookie wide receivers a little bit. Andre Yosavash finished with four touchdowns. Charlie Jones got hurt in the middle of the year, started to come on a little bit, but as as you noted, we noted on the podcast going into that final week, I think he had 21 offensive snaps or something ridiculous where yeah. there just weren't many uh, chances for him what did you see from those two guys who I, I think will kind of be attached since they were in the same draft class? Yeah, so I think Yoshi's the more interesting one just from a, um, you know, sixth-round pick. Those guys aren't supposed to do anything out of Princeton. And then he not only does he make the team, he's playing right away. He has a strong preseason. Like, the the vibes were immaculate coming out of camp, right? Like, this is the guy getting deep balls. Look, Yoshi, he might, he might do something. They might have something. And then we didn't get to see it consistently. Like, it, all four of his touchdowns are red zone, tight red zone touchdowns. and on scramble drills for a couple of them. So it's like, 
how much of that is translatable? But I did look up how many day three picks score four touchdowns as rookies. And the list is like all good players. And, and I don't mean just Stefan Diggs, but even guys that like Nate Washington that will play for four or five years for a team and be a solid player. But it was just consistently players that you can count on now for their rookie contracts, at least. And that's a big boost if he can at least be that. Now, I'm not here to say he's going to replace T. Higgins and be Vincent Jackson right down the line. Uh, if I'm speaking to some guys here that are listening, they're 18. They have no idea who Vincent Jackson is. Type it in YouTube. He was a fun player. But uh, <laughs> but maybe he can be a solid contributor. And that's a huge win for day three Bengals that haven't been able to find anything. If he's a gem, then, man, that's the first time in a long time. But Charlie Jones, to me, is still going to be the guy that is projected to get the more snaps in year two. And I think it's because he is. they're going to develop him into being that slot guy because I think they want the speed in the slot because they see the opportunity of what he can provide. And as a return man, he looked at least fun. Remember how concerned people were uh, going into, what was it, week two? He has that punt return. But at, at that point, right until he caught that punt and returned it against the Ravens, People were really upset with Charlie Jones as a return. Charlie man. Jones break one single tackle challenge. Please, yeah. It, a stiff wind was knocking him down. And that might still be the case because I thought that was the case at Iowa too. But his speed and elusiveness and vision was an asset. And I think the last two um, Purdue. deep balls. Purdue, yeah. He did play. He was at Iowa. He was yeah, at he Iowa. Iowa, okay. Buffalo, right. Purdue. My bad. But um, <laughs> what the two deep balls he got, the one versus the Vikings where he slows down and it's a rainbow shot, should have been a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's experience thing. That's a, hey, just run through it. Just trust both sides to get under it. Uh, and then he gets one versus the Browns where they're playing man coverage and split field and he gets off the jam and beats out races the guy. I don't think Tyler Boyd gets to that spot. So like that's a boost. That's a bonus. You can use that. Uh, it's quantifiable, and I, I think they will. So I, I'm still hopeful for both guys, despite them being older prospects with weird profiles coming out. DJ Turner and uh, uh, Charlie Jones, they just need to hit the weights in the offseason. That's it. Get them on the James Rapine Built Bar plan. Yep. Built Bar, sponsor us again. Oh, they're not, not anymore. I'm sorry. Oh, no. One I'm more. calling them out. I'm calling them out. They should. Yeah. They're welcome. One more rookie yeah. to talk about, because – one thing that will be interesting, this receiver class, we'll talk about this more probably uh, after the combine, is wide receiver class is stacked. Running back class, not so much. Mike Renner told us on Friday that there are only a handful of running backs in this class that he likes better than Chase Brown. He had a fourth-round grade on Chase Brown. Well, we had a high grade as well. So, he's Chase good. Brown. I, I was encouraged. I, I thought he was he, – he exceeded my expectations – in some ways, in other ways, was right where I thought he would be. But I thought the the encouraging thing for me that I harped on on Twitter when I talked about him was running through some arm tackles, being a little bit more powerful than I thought he would be. What's your outlook for Chase Brown? First, he was fun. He's one of the, you know, at that dark moment of losing Burrow and coming off of Jake Browning against the Steelers where everything looked terrible. And then we go into that Jags Monday night game. And you see Chase Brown get the longest run of the season, 34 yards on the left side. And you're like, whoa, okay. And, you know, that that whole game created a new spark and fun for the to finish off the season. But I think he was one of the centerpieces of that. And the the screen where he hits 22 miles an hour versus the Vikings, I didn't know he had that speed. Like, I, we were like, hey, this is the fastest running back they've had since, you know, name whoever. But that that is like elite. That is fast. That is blazing speed. 
Uh, and he is 5'10, 207. So it's well, that's what he was at the combine. That's not small. It's short, not small, right, James? And and James, like you're calling me out now, but <laughs> same same dimensions. All I know is, is I run closer to a uh, 22 miles per hour than you. So that's all that matters. <laughs> this is true. I was talking about the size there, but yes. Uh, I know you yeah, are. As a runner, though, it seemed on tape that they were paring things down for him, that they were yeah. like, okay, we're not sure you got the correct vision for some of the zone stuff. We're just, you know, we're going to give you maybe some easy pitch out stuff, make it clear one, two, cut, go, and, you know, and, and keep it simple. And he was effective for him to average four yards and have that limited run game shows that he was number one, fast grading explosive, but two, to Jake's point, he did break some tackles. He did run through arm tackles and get an extra yard, two or three on some of these and some of them even more. So very encouraging, very, very, very encouraging, but he does still have some development and he does still have a, te- a, a step or two to make before I'm saying he's Austin Eckler or Jalen Warren, but that's who he looks like as a rookie. Yeah. One I thing. Mean, I think I, he's a building piece, building block yeah. of that of that backfield, no doubt. Yeah. I agree there. But I still think they're destined for a running back by committee future, at least for the short term. It's great. Sounds great. Sign yep. me up for that. I love that. That suits what they should be doing. And we talked about versatility. That certainly applies to the running back position. Think about it. The past three episodes, we've been a three-man podcast. I, I, I like committees. Committees are good. One thing that I haven't heard a whole lot of in these in the conversation today about some of these young guys is is looking for some all pro level cornerstones. This is something that we've talked about and hinted at a little bit throughout these episodes where they're paying some average guys. They've got Jamar, they've got Joe. Trey Hendrickson on that fringe got no all pro votes. Apparently, all pro voters care a lot about run defense from edge defenders, uh, judging from the votes. And you know, some of that is fair, but the Bengals need to find some other pieces that are Pro Bowl plus level talent. And we'll see which of these guys emerge at that level. But with the departures of Jesse Bates and DJ Reader, a free agent, T Higgins, a free agent, all these guys that are free agents, some of the guys that they've lost the last couple of years, the talent level does need to be higher. We talk about, we talk about this roster being talented quite frequently, but the guys that are deserving of all pro votes based on their career so far, there's only a couple of them on this team, I think. Yeah. And, and I think they need to find some more there and we'll see where they go this year, a higher draft pick than they've had in recent history and an opportunity to do some of that, but that's going to do it. Joe, we appreciate the multiple episodes. We'll talk to you again soon. You can find him Bengals on the brain on first all logistics, YouTube channel for all of his episodes twice a week over there on YouTube. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. 
Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.